Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I'm going to just title this message, Move with Compassion, right? And there's a scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. And I want to speak about this because evangelism has been misused throughout the generations from forcing people to, you better get saved, you know, through fear tactics, through religious duty. And, and just kind of making sure we make sure that people say this specific prayer and that's what saves them. That prayer is not what saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. It's calling upon the name of Jesus. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, but whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. You know who's a, you know who's a whosoever? You. You're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Right? When Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's why earlier I was like, call the name of Jesus. Call the name of Jesus. Because there's, there's, there's an attention. You know, there's the omnipresence of God. And then there's the manifested presence of God. The omnipresence of God is everywhere at all times. But then when you provoke it, when you cry out, when you seek him, you find him. And all of a sudden, all that omnipresence manifests. And then all of a sudden, you're like, whoa! What is this that I'm experiencing? It's like he's there in the visible world looking at us. But when you call out, you call out, you call out, you call out, you call out. And then he's like, hey. He pops up in your face. He shows up, you know? Sometimes when you least expect it. <laughs> Most of the time, you know? And that's the difference between omnipresence. There's presence everywhere. He knows all things. But there is a divine relationship that can happen with this invisible God that you don't see. And he's like, he opened up. I'm telling you, he opens up the, the veil of this reality. And he's like, hey, I'm not even playing. <laughs> and, you know, and we're more blessed in this generation because in this generation we got movies, we got sci-fi. So people create these things already. If you want to have an idea, just go watch one of these Marvel movies and see how they open portals. I'm telling you, they, all those ideas come from the Lord. I don't care what anybody says. That creativity comes from God because I've seen it myself. As a matter of fact, talking about portals real quick, when the first time I came to this church, I sat back there as I was in a pastor here that had given the building over to Gigi and Jimmy and, and to the resting place. And I came to visit one of their prayer nights. And I sat back there, and I'm telling you, there was a lady on, 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 there was a man on keyboards over there, and there was a lady on a guitar right here. And I saw, I have it drawn on my iPad, a portal opened up right there. Nobody else saw it, but I saw it. And I ran through that place, and I was at the resting place, right? This is the metaphor of that one. And then, Lord behold, literally like two months later, I was sent here. So I believe in these things, right? So when you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He shows up when you least expect it. Anyways, let's go back. I get a little sidetracked. That's the way I preach. I have a vision. I go through it, then I come back. Um, 
So we, 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 I, I want to see, I feel like God uses tracing to redeem prophetic, right? Because prophetic has been used to traumatize. I was one of those people. I was pulverized on an altar. I was afraid of churches. I was like, I got a relationship with Jesus. Let's go. I'm done with church systems, right? But then God began to heal me. And then I came to TRP and I was like, whoa, these people, they know our language. I was impressed. I was like, how do they know what, like, me and him talk about, right? So the same thing I feel like with, with the evangelism ministry, move with compassion. God wants to redeem what evangelism was meant to look like. It's just to redeem it. And God is raising up a generation that's not going to be afraid, removing the pressures of performance, of numbers, and just simply talking to people, being friends with people. Being kind with people. I don't care what kind of lifestyle. I don't care what kind of struggle or issue they've had. But the fact that you can um, love them the way that Jesus loved you. And it's always going to take that me remembering. I used to tell God, God, I never want to forget where you met me. I never want to forget what you did for me. Right? I don't know what the future looks like. The anointing, opportunities, books, all that. I believe all that's coming, right? But it's to fund the end time harvest. It's to fund the church so we can keep going. It's not like, oh, I'm going to make books to be rich and that's it. No, I'm talking about let's make books so we don't need to be asking people for money so we can keep doing what we got to do. We could go to the nations. We could travel. And you could ask God for business ideas. You could ask God for things that you never thought you could do so he can lead you into your destiny. I used to always say, I was like, if I ever be in, in a ministry, I don't want to be asking nobody for money. I want to be able to go, boom, let's go. If I see somebody, man, they want to go on a missionary trip, I want to be able to go, boom. And God provides. And all of a sudden, this person's dream is becoming a reality. And then you become a blessing. You're not asking for blessings. You're giving blessings. You're joining God in blessing other people. So I encourage you, if you have a desire to go to school, if you have a desire to educate yourself, do it. Prepare. For me, school is training your brain. I don't even know why I went to this right now, but somebody's asking something about school. Go do it. I don't know because I wasn't even talking about this. I don't know how that just went there. If you, if you have an idea, if you have a dream, prepare your brain. The more information you're putting into your brain, you're developing, you're teaching your brain how to think, how to process, how to have conversations you never thought you could have. You don't know if in 10 years from now you're going to be sitting in a room with doctors. You don't know if you're going to be in a room with politicians. You don't know what kind of door God's going to open in your life and all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow, from humble beginnings. I never thought. I come from Newark, New Jersey, from the ghetto, right? And yet, look where God brought me to. Sometimes I'm like, I can't even believe I live in the house that I live in. I can't believe I'm in a church here, South Tampa. I, thought, I always thought when I was going to be a pastor, I was going to be in, like, the hood somewhere. And I want to go to the hood, I promise. But this is beautiful for this season. I'm like, whoa, you really, like, wow, you know? So you just never know who you're going to meet. The devil doesn't want you to believe in you. He doesn't. But God wants you to believe in you. God wants you to believe in the calling. And God wants you to prepare. Train yourself. Go to school. Invest in yourself. It's an investment. Later on, I promise you're going to be glad you did it. 
Whether some of you, maybe God's calling you to Bible school, to Jesus' life. Maybe some of you guys got calling to regular college. Maybe there's a career that you always wanted to fulfill and you feel empty. Pursue it. It's God putting that dream in you for a reason because you are greater than what you think. Amen? Because you're going to do beautiful things. So going back to evangelism, it's being redeemed. But it's not, the one thing I'm going to teach this church and all our campuses, anybody that I meet, is you have to be moved with compassion. It's not like, oh, I have to go and just feed the hungry. Oh, my God. Don't come. Like, I'm straight up. I, no, I, I'll do it by myself. I've been doing it by myself before I was a pastor. Frankie's my witness. Wally's my witness. My father's my witness. I didn't have a church. I was home. I didn't know where to go worship. And God said, I want you to pack up 24 hot dogs. And I want you to go into the streets and give homeless hot dogs. And I remember everything was 24 and I had 24. And I went to the streets by myself. And when I got there, there were 24 people. It was amazing. I'll never forget that. Then like two weeks later, the guy's like, now pack 42. You know? And I did it. And I used to just go by myself. I didn't have a church. And now I'm training people in it. We took Jesus Labras yesterday to give out hot dogs. And I'm like, had them over there packing the hot dogs. And I'm just looking at them. I'm like, you had me do it first. So then I could teach it. Listen, he has you doing it first so then you can teach it. Everything you're going through, you, you got to struggle. You've been, God, take this away. God, change this. But you, you don't realize that struggle's been working for you. You're getting good at praying. Your struggle's been working for, you, for, for your good, and you don't know it because it makes you pray. It makes you pray. That child that's breaking your head is teaching mama how to pray. Oh, you could pray, lady. You're going to be like 80 years old. And people are going to be like, man, that old lady could pray. And you're not, they're not going to know that your child, your hard-headed child, taught you to pray. And somehow it ended up working out for your good. My struggle, homosexuality, I used to go to God. Oh, my God, change me. Change me. Change me. Fasting, praying, fasting, praying. And this is not again. Don't twist. It's, I'm, it's not, I'm not preaching affirmation or disaffirmation. I'm telling you my story because there's a reason in my story. There's things you're going through because there's a greater purpose over here and you can't even see it yet. But I had to be broken so I could be moved with compassion. But I didn't understand that then. Oh, I fasted. Everybody in my generation was getting married, having kids, dating. And I'm in church like, change me. Change me. I just want to be like them. And God brought prophets. And he brought the legalistic prophets. And that's why I say sometimes these prophets don't even know what they're saying. They come from different country. Call me out. Yo, stand up. Thus says the Lord. Ask me what you want and I'll give it to you. And I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's co uh oh I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to be like everybody else. And I'm not going to have to talk about my testimony because I'm ashamed of my testimony. Because that was the reality. I wanted change because I was ashamed. And again, this is not an affirmation message. Listen, 
this is a Jesus message. And then the Oh, thus says the Lord, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Ask me for riches and I'll give them to you. Ask me for this, ask me for that, I'll give it to you. And I'm telling you, that day I was fasting in church by myself, nobody knew it. It was 5 o'clock in the morning, just fasting and praying. I'm going to fast this away. I'm going to pray the gate away. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right? Oh, my, that's how I lived. I was dressed. Ask me whatever you want. But that one thing, you know that thing you're asking for? That one thing that you fast for? You're crying with all your strength for? That, that one thing? No, that one thing I'm not going to give to you. And I, I'm talking about <laughs> in front of the whole church, right? It's not saying God's making me gay. No, I'm going to tell you the story. See, these are the things people don't want to talk about. He wanted to use it for something greater. There was a generation of people coming that needed somebody to understand their heart and their pain. Because everybody's pushing them away. Nobody understands nothing. They talk about this God of love and they don't understand nothing. We preach this God of love, but we walk by the hungry every single day. Oh, they just want it for drugs. You know how many Christians I've been with and I've gotten mad at them? You don't even know their situation. They want it for drugs. That's the first words. At least the first word should be money and gold I don't have. But what I have, I give to you. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. At least as believers, we should do that. Hey, I don't got money, but can I pray for you? This is what the children of light do. This is what the healers of the world do. The children of God do. We have to be moved with compassion. So sometimes the only way we're going to understand compassion is when we go through something. And I spent years fasting. Oh, I'm going to fast again. I'm going to, anywhere I went. God says, ask me what you want, I'll give it to you. But that that you're asking for, I'm not going to give to you. I don't get it. It didn't mean I'm, I was sleeping around. I wasn't sleeping around. I wasn't hooking up. No, I was a church kid that had a struggle in his heart and wanted that struggle out. I wasn't living a, a specific lifestyle, sleeping around. No, I don't care if you're gay or straight. You ain't married, keep it to yourself. Stay holy. Because when you open those doors, there's transference of spirits. Okay? Sex is not what people think. It's not just, ooh, yee, ah. No, there's so much baggage that comes with that. So much responsibility that comes with that. Keep yourself holy and pure. And when you discover who you are, there's a wholeness that begins to happen. I never thought I could be walking this. I'm not perfect. It doesn't mean I don't get human urges. Let's be real. Human cravings. We're adults. They happen. But you're not controlled by urges. You are led by the Spirit of God. And that's the beauty of it. The beginners don't know. Man, I was bumping into everything all messed up. And then all of a sudden, years later, it's like, I didn't need that. I was a drunk. And I thought I needed liquor to have fun. I could not go to a party. This was me. I, I know it's kind of hard to believe it. I wish we had a time-traveling machine to take you there right now. Because I used to just be like, 
And then when I started drinking, pasame la botella, all of a sudden it was, I'm wild. I didn't know that I could be wild without liquor. I didn't know that I could be um, flying without weed. And now I'm like, nail decks. I'm like, I don't, need, I don't need to drink. I don't know why. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not needed. Because when the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit comes in you, something begins to happen. And it's just, it's called the fruit of self-control. There's such a thing. And it's just eating. Guys, 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 guys. I just need to show my waistline real quick. I just got to. I got to. You know why? My belly was out here. I was like really, really bloated. Right? But I wasn't walking in self-control. And I was sick. I, was, I still take medication, but it's gotten so much better. And two years ago, I started taking care of my health. Messed up a little bit there. And then since October, I started taking care of my health again. I'm down like 25 pounds. Literally, I had to go buy pants. These are 32, and they're falling. And I used to be a 38, okay? I used to wear double X. This is almost a medium. <laughs> it's a tight large. <laughs> I think it's large or medium. But self-control works. But you don't make it happen. Too many people are trying to make things happen. No, come to the king and let the king love you. And as he loves you, you're not going to accept people's bad behavior towards you. You're going to realize, oh, that person's using me. Nobody even tells you. It just doesn't feel right no more. You're like, "Mm mm-mm. No. You know how many friendships I let go of? I'm like, oh. Then, and now I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder I was so depressed. People in church used to put me down every time I went to church. That message for you. All those people talking about they're going to go to Florida. The same prophet that told me I was going to move to Florida then got on the altar and said, well, people up in this church, people up in this church talking about God's going to take them to Florida. And I'm like, are you crazy? You prophesied to me. But who's in Florida? Who's in Florida? Who's experiencing glory in Florida? Thank you very much. The devil's a liar. God gave me family. God has healed me from the trauma of what church was. He had to bring me all the way from Jersey. I don't want to see Jersey, not even in a painting. I don't want to go to Jersey. But he set me free. Jersey is my Egypt. And Florida is my land of flourishing. And I love church now again. I was... Ooh, ooh, I'm glad you didn't meet me back then because you still wouldn't like me. Some people don't like me because I was nasty. I was mad. I was angry. I was bullied. I was beat up. I was humiliated from altars. I did not know the love of God. But now I know one thing. I had to go through all of that so today I could be moved with compassion. Because now people wonder, like, People see me in the streets and they're like, they usually say it when I take people to the streets, they're like, oh my God, Abraham is in his element. Right, Frankie, people say that. He's like, oh my God, the streets are your element. You just hugged all those humblest people. You just like went in there like you, like they're your best friends. But it was the trial. It was the suffering. It was the pain. It was the prayers. The things that I wanted. But God said, no. And it's not that he doesn't have those things for me. He said no at that point. 
because my intentions for it were wrong. I just wanted to be like everybody else. Years later, I had an encounter with Jesus when Jesus took me to the gardens in the glory. And he took me through these gates. And it was gardens. And I was like, oh, I cannot go in there. I was like, I can't go in there. It was, it, 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 I reacted like if he was showing me a haunted house. But what he was showing me was this beautiful, the most beautiful, precious garden gates you could ever imagine. And somehow I felt like I couldn't go in there. And I was like, why? And it was like, my sin, you know, the, the whole attraction thing. And I was like, I would have said my sin. And he looked at me with eyes of love and he says, Abraham, did it? Did he, well, he said, Abraham, first of all, because that's my name in heaven is Abraham, not Abraham. And he said, did you forget that when you repent, I take your sins and I throw them to the deepest part of the ocean and I never remember again? That's how gentle he was. He didn't accuse me. And he said, come, I want to show you something. And then I went through the garden and I was like, I remember. And then he took me deeper into the garden. Then we went to the second garden. And then once we got to the gate, I don't know why, but it was just more beautiful, more radiant. And I was like, oh, I can't go in that garden. Why? My sin. You, did you forget what I told you in my word? That when you repent, I take your sins and I cast them out to the deepest part of the sea and I never remember again? so loving and so kind my king and then like a little tell you feel like a little child you're like you ever seen like the new kid in school and you're like all scared because all the new kids are there that's totally heaven i was walking in all scared but then they all become your best friends and they love you and then he took me to the third game ah to, to more beautiful no way i can't go in there it's like, you forgot again isn't that our lives god shows us his mercy and we keep forgetting and we go through another trial and we just keep forgetting or we messed up. And he's, I, I, I forgave you. It's just hard. It's really hard to comprehend this. And then he goes, what sin, are, what sin are you talking to me about? And I was like, my homosexuality. He looked at me. He goes, homosexuality. And that, that was the only time Jesus ever screamed at me. And again, this is not an affirmation message. This is a Jesus message. He goes, your sin is not homosexuality. He goes, your sin your sin is your, hey! And I dropped back. I fell back like a dead man. Some of you think that what you've been calling your struggle, your issue, your sin is your sin, and God has been working in something else. What you've been dealing with is just a branch on your tree, but Jesus never spoke to you about it because he's been dealing with the roots. He's been going deep. That's why he never said nothing about it. Any witnesses up in here? Have you been asking God for something for years? Like, Lord Jesus, come on, Lord. And he doesn't even talk to you about it? You think you're kind of crazy? You're like, wait, why is he talking to me? I remember. I used to go to bed. Jesus, change this. And he goes, oh, you're my pastor, and I'm taking you to the nations. What? No, I mean, I need you to do this. He's like, you're going to go to the ends of the world preaching my message. I used to think I was crazy. I'm like, why is God talking about one thing when I'm talking to God about another? And you know what God was saying? He said, why are you talking to me about one thing when I'm talking to you about another? 
Isn't he great? <laughs> he said my sin was my hate. And then he was so nice. I'm telling you, he knocked me out. I'm telling you, it was like when he roared, he went, like he got really big, like a lion or something. I don't know. It was like, it was intense. And I was like, I just fell out. And then he, 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 he was like this. He was on, on, I remember that day he was wearing a green robe. And it's because he was healing me. <laughs> I remember, that was the first time I ever saw Jesus. He always showed up in a white robe, but that day he showed up in a green robe. And he was picking me up like this. And I was just like looking at him and I was just like, like dazed. My tears were flowing. And he was just talking to me. He was holding my head. And he goes, this is why. And like that beautiful tone. He had such a beautiful voice. He goes, this is why all these years you were telling me to change something. He goes, but that's just a branch in your tree that I can easily clip off. But I've been working in the root of your tree. And the root in your tree is hate. You hated your father for beating you. You hated your mother for abandoning you. He confronts. He's not just sugar, sugar. Oh, he confronts with sweetness. Oh, but he'll call out the truth. I mean, he dazed me out, though. I was just like. He said, you hated your molester for abusing you. You hated your pastors for shaming you. You hated your bullies for bullying you. You hated these people for using you. And he went down the line. He goes, all along, you've had hate in your heart. And I'm about to teach you to love. He goes, you hate it yourself. And what do you do when Jesus tells you the truth to your face? Don't do like Peter. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm, I'm not going to deny you. Look, if Jesus tells you you're going to deny me three times, just be like, get the rooster. Let's do it now. Just get the rooster. because I'm. If Jesus says you're going to deny him, I promise you, you're going to deny him. And as much as you try and you try to convince yourself that you're not going to deny him, he speaks truth. So whatever he speaks comes to pass. If he says, you're going to trip there, you're going to, I promise you, you're going to trip there. You might be careful, and when you least forget it, duke, because he said it. So if Jesus says something, own it. Just own it. And he began to heal me. And he told me, and you see, you wanted me to change you because you wanted to be like them. I used to be with them here. Oh, I thought they were cool. But then when he brought me out of their circles, that I got to look back. You get it? You were trying to be like somebody. You were trying to be in a relationship with somebody. It just didn't work because you were about to be like them. But God knew you were different. So he allowed them to push you away. You thought they were rejecting you. They were sending you to your destiny. Oh, he will change your mentality that quick. Everything the enemy created to destroy you, God is turning it around to bless you. And he told me, he goes, you wanted to be like them. But I have a generation of people called the gay community, the LGBT community, that you're going to reach for me. He goes, you're going to pastor them. Okay, I'm crazy. I just heard God say something crazy. That was me back then. He said, you're going to march in the streets and you're going to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a community that's been rejected, to a community that's been pushed away. 
You know how crazy that sounded 20 years ago? And, to, and, and before then, and then I already had those words. And then in 2012, he was confirming everything. And I was like, I don't even know what this looks like. What does this look like? Because I have no idea. And it looks like love. It looks like, can you come over here, Julian? It looks like meeting people and saying, hey, we're friends. And we're going to walk together. This is it. And where you go, I go. And where you go, I follow. And you're never going to be alone again. And we're just walking together. That's this, this is what Move With Compassion looks like. Too many churches want to go to the streets and they want to just bring a solution. Bye. Take two pills. I'll see you later. Put a Band-Aid on it. See you later. See me in two weeks. Bye. No. No. And that ain't going to work. It's not going to cut it. People counting numbers. Oh, yeah, these people got saved. Where are they at? Where they at? Oh, you led them to the kingdom, but they're still lost on earth? Oh, oh so you led, you, you led them to the Father, but on earth they're going to walk fatherless? No. It don't cut it. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take time. It's going to take tears. Oh, it's going to take headaches. They're going to get on your nerves. They're going to drive you crazy because every single one of them has a different personality. Every single one of them has a different struggle, a different issue, a different consequence of sin, a different transgression, a different iniquity. And you feel like you don't got your stuff right, and yet you're going to get all these little kids and lead them to daddy's house. But we're going to walk together. And this is what family looks like. That's what move with compassion is. When Jesus, look what the scripture says, and we're almost done. When Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus came to save the world. That in him and through him, all will be saved. You know what we have in this room right now? And you don't realize it? We have the nations. Right here, right here, right here. Different groups of people. 20 years ago, did we know each other? No? 10 years ago, did we know each other? You know? Not even five years ago, right? But God gave me a word. And he said, and a people that you do not know. See, I thought I had a people here that was constantly rejecting me, and I needed their affirmation. But God said, a people that you do not know will be the ones to come. A people that you do not know will be the people that you will teach. The people that you do not know will be the people that you will lead. And you're going to lead them with love. See, because everything you went through over here is going to work out for your good over here. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through a bad marriage. But then you met the love of your life. Maybe you were abused in these relationships. But now you met the love of your life. And it's, it's different when you're not abused. And it's different when you're not shamed. And, 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 and you have some habits you got to let go. But this is what Move With Compassion is all about. It's coming from darkness into marvelous light. And loving people and looking for ideas and constantly growing, constantly expanding, constantly 
constantly looking for answers constantly leak come on girl you guys just bow down we just gotta pray sometimes there's not gonna be an answer we gotta pray but God is preparing you for such a time as this all the things you were praying for were softening you up so you could be moved with compassion so you can understand I have a story that is unique and it makes sense here but you know where it makes sense when I go to gay pride? I don't know what it is. People just look at me and they, they know. You know if I'm telling the truth, right? Or you know if I'm fake. And people come because they're like, nah, this guy. I never heard nobody speak it this way. There's something different. And that's why you've gone through what you've gone through. Jesus was moved with compassion for you. So now... You could be moved with compassion for them. Isn't it beautiful that you used to be lost and broken and now you have a destiny? I know, I know you guys are still learning. You think I'm doing everything for now? Mm -mm. I'm not rushing none of you. It's when, it's when you make it through the gates of heaven. When you step in and maybe I'm there. Maybe you'll be there first. I'm not saying I'm dying. <laughs> you might make it first. <laughs> but when we meet on this side... I could just imagine some of you, like, because I know some of you are going to outlast me here on earth because you're just starting your race. And you're going to run a good race. But I know, like, from heaven, I might just imagine Jesus and me over there, like, oh, my God, here comes Alina, <laughs> like a champion. Oh, here comes Bright. And then there's a tribe of people coming behind you, millions of people behind you, like, and you're leading them to the Father's house? You know how you're going to be received at that gate, right? <laughs> you're going to get so many hugs, so many kisses, so much encouragement. Like, you're a champion. You did it. I told you we were going to do it. I told you we were going to do it. Look at you. Look at you right now. That's how it's going to. All of us are going to be there celebrating each other. It doesn't stop here, guys. When we enter the kingdom of glory and we see, look at you. Oh, my God. God, look at you. Look what God did. Eric! You don't understand. It's going to be glorious. Royalty. All of you guys as royalty with your people because one day, see, this is not going to stop here. This is starting here. One day, a lot of you, we might not even be connected because you're going to be different places. God's going to set a flame in your heart. You're going to be like, Abraham, I got to go. And I'm going to be like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> go. Go. But when we reunite in heaven and we got those stories to tell forevermore. Oh, my God. You don't even know what I know. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I'm excited. So this is why God has loved you. This is why God has been gentle with you. It's for this. It seems hard, but you got this. You got this. You know all about it. You know his mercy. You know his goodness. You know his faithfulness. The category of sin or the category of issue, the category of struggle don't matter. You know why? Because it's the same God. And he's an expert at fixing any type of issue whatsoever. He is just so good at it. So all of you 
are going to meet different, whatever your struggles been, I want you to think about what has been your biggest struggle in your life. Think about it. I want every single one of you. It could have been abuse. It could have been rejection. It could have been a sexual sin. It could have been incest. It could have been insecurity. It could have been confusion. I don't know. You, you, there's a variety of weapons that were created against every single one of us. But I want you to think about it. I'm about to tell you something about that issue right now, about that struggle. Whatever it is that you know, you know what it is. You know the one thing you've been praying to God for all these years. That thing, look at it, look at it, look at it in the spirit, look at that thing. You see that thing right there? See that thing right there? That's your weapon. That's your tool. You see that thing right there? That's the generation of people you're going to gather. Now you know where you got to go. <laughs> you see it? You see it clearly? Those are your people. Maybe it's been a messed up family. Get ready because you're going to minister to messed up families. God's going to use your story. Oh, it's been insecurity? You're about to start a program for insecure people. You were abused? Oh, you're going to minister to the abuse. You were an orphan? You were in the foster care program? Oh, you're going back. You're going back. And you're going to look at the Pharaoh in the face. And you're going to say, let my people go. Because that's what I'm doing. Be moved with compassion. Be moved with love. Be moved with joy. Be moved with peace. Be moved with gentleness. Be moved with kindness. Be moved with faithfulness. And be moved with self-control. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.